You're listening to the Companion Gundog Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Geyer. And with me today, as always, is Emily Shirey. How you doing, Emily? I'm doing pretty well, Grayson. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a uh, it's been a long while since our last podcast, and uh, you know, pardon us. Um, it's been super busy around the kennels. I'm wrapping up with a summer uh, summer long force fetch, and uh, won't be taking any new client dogs into August. And we're going to revamp starting September. So. Lots of uh, exciting things to come, at least on my end. You got anything uh, to talk about going on on your side? No, I don't think so. I'm just, I've got some obedience dogs. I don't start with bird dogs until September either. Cool. So, so yeah, August, uh, August in uh, North Carolina just absolutely sucks for training bird dogs and we're not going to do that anymore. (laughs) So, um, so the way for me, it's going to work going forward is I'm going to pick up um, retrieving and water work, uh, dogs starting mid-May or maybe at the beginning of May. We'll see, we'll see how early we begin to take them next year, but really about the time that, uh, that the birds just go away for us. And, um, and I'm going to focus on that until the end of July. And then we're going to kind of use August as a reset. And it's just essentially because it's a terrible month for doing anything, so, um, so retrieving summer camp at 2022 is, uh, open for booking. If anybody's thinking long-term on those things, so give me a call, feel free. And, um, I will be picking back up September. I am now booking, uh, dogs, uh, for board and train here and I'm running in like six week spells at the moment, but the, the next pickup will be in January that uh, will be available for booking for me. Um, how about yourself, Emily, you booking anything into the distant future? Um, no, right now I'm booked into February of next year. So I'm kind of taking a pause from deposits right now, but I'll be ready for a couple bird dogs in February of next year at some point. Good. Understandable. Okay. Well, that's what's going on around here, guys. Um, uh, I do uh, at the end of the podcast talk, I'm going to talk about some, uh, some things that I'm going to work on over August and, and hopefully some things that'll allow me to, to produce more content and, uh, and kind of work towards developing a little more of a community, um, uh, online and offering things, uh, for distance learning. So today, um, I want to, kind of shift gears with the podcast. To this point, we've done five and we've had uh, five lessons and I've enjoyed doing that. I've enjoyed the lecture format. Um, I'm kind of at a place where I'm happy to at least take a pause on the lessons until we come up with a little more uh, focused uh, material uh, that needs to be discussed. But something I have wanted to do and I think I've discussed in the past is I've been wanting to do some book reports. And uh, mostly because as you know, as through the course of my career, um, I've, I've done a lot of reading and there are a few books that have been really important to me. And the one I'm going to talk about today has probably had the most impact on my career of any book I've read, um, you know, regardless of when. It, it, it may not have changed my mindset of as a trainer as much as some of the others, but this is the one that I would say if, uh, if there was one book that I could not do without, um, this, this would have to be the one. And this is, uh, training with Mo 
by Martha H. Greenlee. Um, and it's a book about training bird dogs and it specifically informs pretty much what I do with bird dogs. It's about training bird dogs in the West method and it's, uh, and it's, how Mo Lindley does that. And so for the, for those of you that are unfamiliar with Mo, um, uh, Maurice Lindley is a, he's a gun dog trainer out of the Spartanburg area, Greenville area of South Carolina. Um, he's been doing it for a good long while and he's uh, pretty renowned for working within the West method. Some people call it the West Gibbons method. And, and most recently people are beginning to call it the West Gibbons Lindley method. Um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get back to that, but for now, we're just going to stick to the West method. Um, so it, it, like I said, the book was written by Martha Greenlee. I'm going to open, we're going to talk a little bit about Mo. We're going to talk a little bit about Martha, some other people that have been influences on both of them. Uh, I did have a conversation with Mrs. Greenlee and, uh, and it was very informative and, um, and really helped me kind of get an idea of what's you know, some of the history behind the West method. And then, uh, you know, Moe's approach, but how it's really impacted, um, the, the present and the future of the method, uh, as it exists within the context of the bird dog world today. Um, so I'll kind of give you, uh, a little background on me with, with this method as well. and, And with the book, Um, I uh, have had a, at least one bird dog all of my adult life, uh, or most of my adult life. I got one when I started college, as soon as I got out of the military, um, and I trained by myself that I I did. My uncle was a a bird dog man and I kind of watched and learned, but for the most part, I kind of did things intuitively and that dog turned out pretty good, um, as I, as I went forward, uh, and I began to train with some retriever trainers, um, things shifted a little bit for me, the way I trained my bird dogs and my pointing dogs. And I did pick up another, I ended up with another French Brittany after the first bird dog I had was a setter. After he moved down the line, I ended up with a, uh, a French Brittany named Telly. And about the time I got Telly, um, I deployed to Afghanistan. And when I did, I took a copy of this book with me. Uh, I purchased the book um, because I had heard good things about the method and how they kind of matched an intuitive model or one that I may have. Uh, as soon as I read the book while I was overseas, though, it was immediately life-changing. So I got to, I got to see the parallels between all the things I had been doing intuitively to that point and and how close they were to a lot of the things that were happening in this book. And so um, it was very validating for me, number one, but more than anything, it kind of showed me that, hey, you know, that there's not, it, the bird dog world is not just full of old school, like dogmatic, harsh trainers. You know, the, so much of what was in this book was about being patient and keeping the dog's attitude up. And so those were things that were really important to me and they spoke to me. And so when I got home, I actually made contact with, uh, with Mo Lindley and I did go to meet him. And that was the, the one and only meeting I've had with Mo. Um, and, uh, 
and I need to go spend more time with him. It's something that I, I hope to accomplish in the near future. If I don't get to, to go do that with him at his kennel, um, there will be a seminar April 24th and 25th, I believe, of 2022. And I'm going to try and make it down there. So I just, unfortunately, I've been at a time in my life where I've been so busy, it's hard for me to break away and take a hiatus and actually go do a residency with somebody. But if there was one person that I could today um, go and train as a resident apprentice with, it would be with Mo Lindley. Um, and so I I want to kind of talk a little bit about who he is, but I don't want to go too deep into it. I, I definitely want to save that for another time. I plan to reach out to Mo um, and just and hopefully start a little dialogue and uh, and share more anecdotes from him in the future. It may be a podcast that's all about uh, training in the West Method with Mo, or it may just be something that we sprinkle in uh, as little kind of pearls of wisdom, which he uh, he tends to do very well um, into the future with the podcast. So. Uh, I think there's a quote that opens the book and it says gentle hands and a clear mind are the best tools to train a dog. And that's a quote by Mo. It's the very first thing you're going to see before you open after you've done the forward, uh, and before you open chapter one. Um, and I think it, uh, it kind of encompasses or encapsulates, uh, at least what I've taken away from Maurice Lindley in, in regards to a general philosophy. So a very simple one-sentence quote says a lot uh, about who he is. So gentle hands and a clear mind. Um, it's, it's, it does not run parallel to what I would consider traditional methods of dog training, uh, especially within the pointing dog world. So I when I thought of when I was with my own dogs, one of the reasons I was not seeking mentorship uh, from other pointing dog trainers or spending a lot of time, um, you know, reading or watching DVDs from other trainers is because I had a, a, a misconception that everybody doing this was very old school and forcing in, uh, square pegs through round holes and just kind of working in a conveyor belt method. And that's just the way... I saw that world and and this really changed my mind. So we know that Mo um, has this general just outlook that is be, be kind, uh, create motivation, you know, and as you're out there training, you stay calm, you know, and, and your calm demeanor is what's going to allow the dog to become confident and learn on their own. And I think that's very important. Uh, moving forward for those of you that may be interested in, in reading this book and moving forward within the West method. Um, I, it's, it's hard to give a kind of lay the groundwork for the book review without discussing a little bit about the West method. Um, I don't want to go into to too great a detail, but there was a gentleman named Bill West that passed away in, I believe 2006 uh, and he, he's kind of credited for establishing this method. Uh, there are some tools that are associated with it. There's a pinch collar, a check cord today. We see launchers used, um, I, I would say like probably the highest level of technology would be the e-collar and the remote launcher. Um, back in the day, they were, uh, more emphasis on using pigeons and, uh, what they would call carded pigeons. So tethered pigeons. Um, but really the idea and to me, I think what's most important is that there's a spirit to the method that is um, 
essentially do do what you can to facilitate a relationship between the bird and the dog in such a way that the bird teaches the dog how to be a bird dog. And, uh, and having come from, uh, the protection sports and maybe the police dog world, um, that especially the detection dog world, we spoke a lot when I was training detection dogs for a living about self-discovery. And so I feel like there's a lot of emphasis on, what we would call self-discovery within this method. So I want the dogs to go out, quest out, find a bird, and realize that, hey, uh, stalking and pointing, just as if we spoke as we spoke about in the, um, in the episode we did on kind of general principles uh, regard, you know, uh, regarding the training of pointing dogs, uh, there's a lot of that in this. So let the dog go out there, establish their own relationship with the bird, learn what's effective and what's not, and... Uh, and advance on their own as much as possible. Um, that's a, a just kind of a brief description of, of the West method without really getting into the nuts and bolts of it. Um, personally, I, uh, my first introduction to Mo was in the earlier days of the internet before Facebook. He was, he, he's always been active or at least as far as I've been around, he's always been active in, uh, in the kind of forum world of the internet. And I believe one of the reasons for that is he has a, a, a kind of a communication deficit uh, because he's deaf. Uh, he had Meniere's disease in the nineties and lost all his hearing. And so the best way for him to communicate is via text. And he is a very thoughtful communicator. And so I was exposed to, uh, to some of kind of his beliefs and his ideology. And then of course is the technical stuff surrounding the method um, in the earlier days when I just cruise in the forums and, and wherever I happened to be in the world that, uh, uh, that I had some time on my hands, I, I, you know, would, was geeking out to dogs and would, would invariably inevitably find Mo and, uh, and just always enjoyed what he had to share and to always took something away from it. So, I was I was seeking Mo out in that way um, before I really understood who he was or what he represented in regards to the method. Um, of course, reading that book for the first time when I was on deployment kind of brought it all together. It made me realize, hey, you know, I I, I admire this guy that I've taken a lot from, you know, uh, over a sh- short number of years in my early adulthood. Uh, I've trained this way that I thought I was training kind of intuitively. It was probably more informed by Mo on the internet than I gave credit for at the time. But then I read the book and it, and there was like this light that went off. And I've always, and, and if you've listened to this podcast to this point, you know that I champion principles over methods and I'm being very contradictory of that currently. Um, but I, I think that this method means more to me than just how to step-by-step way to do something. It's, it's, uh, um, there's a, there's a Zen to it. And, and I don't want to waste too much time on that right now, but I think that will reveal itself a little later as we discuss my conversation with Martha and, um, and, you know, dig a little deeper into the method. Um, but one last thing I do want to say is that one time I did go to meet Mo, uh, he was gracious Um, he was kind. We just had a nice 
you know, not what I would call a conversation. I just kind of observed what he was doing and it was very special. There's a very quiet, calm way about him. And as he was working dogs, you could see, uh, how it, his, his calm nature, uh, how, what role it played. Um, and so watching him work with a check cord, watching him work with an e-collar and just be engaged with a dog was very special. And that day as I left, um, I asked him where I might find a pinch collar because he had one there and he just handed me the one he was using and said, take this. And, uh, and that, that was a very profound moment for me. And it, it to me kind of said a lot about who he is as a person. He, um, I've seen him use a quote that I think, uh, really personifies Mo, and I think he attributed it to Bill West, but I could be wrong. Um, but he said, find your passion and give it away. And, and that day, uh, he, he did that not just with an item, but certainly, um, if I was not a dedicated West trainer, when I got there, I was when I left and it's complicated for me being somebody that it doesn't want to ever be typecast or, or pigeonholed into training a specific way, but I'm a very proud, uh, West trainer. And, and even if I don't follow that method to a T and even if I diverge from it hard at times, I think, um, when I say that, I mean that I hope that I can train within the spirit of that method. And I always want that to be something that is tied to my identity as a dog trainer. And I'm, I'm proud of that and I'm happy to be that way. So, Hopefully that gives you guys a little bit of an idea of why this is so important to me, why this is the first podcast I'm doing uh, on uh, as a in book report format uh, on this particular book. Um, and there's it's a very simple book. There's not a whole lot to talk about, to be honest with you. Um, but I did uh, I did want to speak again with the author who um, uh, did a she was gracious enough to have a conversation with me on the phone. She did ask not to be recorded and I, and I was happy to honor that wish. Um, and, and her, you know, I think at least for podcast for publishing on the podcast. And I think honestly, um, the way this podcast works, it, it probably makes more sense than to just have a conversational interview with her. Maybe that'll be something that we do at, at some point in the future, but I would rather just report on some of the things we spoke about. And she's a writer. She just said, look, I like to write. I like to think about things before I put them on paper and certainly before I send them to print. And that makes a lot of sense because when we sit here and talk on these things, there's a lot, regardless of what I plan, there's a lot that kind of spontaneously happens for better or worse. And I, and I don't want to edit this. I want this to be a conversation with you guys out there that are listening. And of course I have Emily here to just keep me from going too crazy and, and down too many rabbit holes. Um, but you know that I was I was grateful to have this conversation with Martha, and we'll talk a little bit about that. So uh, we did discuss kind of her history um, with the method. It started with a man named Dave Walker, who was a professional trainer. Um, that and and I don't have he he passed away, I believe, either in the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, but he was a prominent, you know practitioner of the West method at the time and introduced, uh, Martha to Mo. Um, and I believe, uh, it was a influential in, in Mo's kind of start in the method. Um, one thing Martha 
said about Dave, uh, Mr. Walker, uh, as a trainer, was that he had a, a deep um, desire to be fair to dogs. That maybe he, as an individual with other human beings, could be a little rough around the edges at times. But with dogs, he was always gentle and kind and put their best interest forward. And I thought that was really neat. It's something as dog trainers, we've talked about kind of the ethics and morals of being a dog trainer and what you do when you're alone and trying your best to keep your head and stay cool and stay calm to know that there was a man whose nature may have taken him in a different direction. Um, but, but, you know, held, uh, in that standard of kindness and, uh, and gentleness with the dogs, um, above other, uh, values as, as a dog trainer. And so that was cool. And he, and she did give one story where he said, you know, I've, I'll, you watch folks and if they've got a baby, they'll show the baby the spoon and they'll say, this is a spoon. And they'll say it over and over and over again in hopes that the baby may repeat it. And if they were to, to, to show the same spoon to a dog to get them to understand what it was, they'd hold up the spoon and say, this is a spoon. And then they'd whip the dog's ass. And, and I thought there was something to that that really spoke to me. And it's something, uh, hopefully that, you know, since that conversation, um, it's always good to have those little anecdotes in your head to remember when you're out there getting frustrated, take your time, be patient with your dog and, uh, and show them the spoon, um, several times, you know, and try to slow down and not get frustrated. Uh, so that was Dave Walker. He facilitated Martha's introduction to Mo. Um, there was another man that she worked with named Bill Gibbons and, and wanted me, you know, at least wanted to, uh, uh, to let it be understood his importance and where the method is today. And that I think that most of us that are using the method that know about the tools, we're using the pinch collar and the check cord, uh, and that they happen to be two very important parts of the method that tethering yourself to the dog is a, a lot more than being able to control the dog or control the environment. You can't be performing this method without the check cord and the pinch collar. Go ahead, Emily. Do you want to describe what a pinch collar is? Sure. And that it's not a prong collar. That's a good point. So this, and often the the pinch collar is confused with a prong collar. So if if you hear me describe a pinch collar, um, we'll try to put a link to the in the notes to to the tools that are used. But a pinch collar is a, a leather strap, um, that that acts as kind of a slip at one end, so it works through itself and it can be constricted on, upon itself around the dog's neck and it has rivets um, facing inward. So what I like about the pinch collar and something that I think is valuable about the pinch collar is that a dog on te- that's tethered to, to me via the pinch collar and a check cord can apply back pressure to it without too much discomfort. They can pull. They they may not want to drag me around. It'll create a little discomfort with a lot of con, you know continuous force and tension, but not that much. So uh, they can lead me in the field, and they don't have to worry about applying too much back pressure. But with a little bit of feedback on the check cord, I can create enough discomfort to make the dog not want to continue to lean in and offer that back pressure, if that makes sense to everybody. Um, so there's a... The, the real value in this and what and the thing that happens with it is with the pinch collar and the check cord in combination and tandem there is a number one for the handler and the trainer it's a it's a it, there's a big learning curve 
to using this piece of equipment. It's not just something you put on and it's black and white of when you're operating and when you're not. It's a lot of touch and a lot of feel to, to using this appropriately. Um, and I don't want to just go into describing exactly how to use it because I think it would be, you'd be better served reading the book and spending some time on maybe the steady with style Facebook group, which is dedicated to the West method. Um, and that's something else we'll put a link to in the notes, but there, there are folks there that use this method on a regular basis. They can talk about the, the tools, but again, to me, the real value in this is that, I, it's something that my dog can apply pressure to without immediate um, aversive stimulus coming from that tool to, to the dog. They can, they can lead me around on it. And just with some little feedback, I can begin to communicate with that dog in an effective man- manner. So hopefully that makes sense. Do you think that succinctly says that is what I'm yeah, trying to say? Yeah, I like to think about it as kind of finessing. Yeah, absolutely. Tons of like it's in, finesse is very important. Um, with this. So yeah, that's a, that's a proper way to describe it for sure. So if you're out there and you're interested in this, understand that that pinch collar, it's not, it's not a magic bullet. It's not going to fix your dog by itself, but if you learn to operate it and recently on that steady with style, and I'm going to mess this quote up, but somebody on steady with style. Um, and I, I wish I had paid more attention and come in with this direct quote, but said, you know, you, you can have a musical instrument, um, and, and they think of you thinking, and this is complete paraphrasing of this, this quote, but imagining the check cord and the pinch cord collar as a musical instrument, you still need to dedicate yourself to becoming a musician for those, th- those pieces of equipment to be effective. Um, and so you can have the gear, uh, but you really, you really need to put the time and effort into understanding how to operate it, especially within the West method, uh, because I think that's the, the, some, some will call it doing the dance and that's really important. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not the hardest thing in the world to, to, to get good at, but I think it really will give you, I think it will really help you develop as a handler and a trainer. If you go out and you put some real effort into getting good with those two tools specifically first, before you work on other things. Um, that was so that was Bill Gibbons, you know, other among many contributions, one contribution was kind of the modern pinch collar that's being used within the method now. Um, and so there was one, you know, we talked a lot about a lot of different things and it'll come, you know, I don't want to I don't want to make it all about my conversation with Mrs. Greenlee. I, I she has written. I believe three books, um, uh, two aside from training with Mo. Um, one is, uh, about training with other professionals and it's Brittany's amateurs training with professionals. And, uh, the other is a, a short anecdotes, um, tips that your bird dog will love. Uh, and so they're, they're all, they've all been published through the Glade run press, which is, uh, owned and operated by a gentleman named Dave Webb. Very nice man that took, a, took some time to speak to me when I ordered a dozen of them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and, and so I, I highly suggest, you know, looking up Glade run press, looking up Martha Greenlee, get these books. They're, they're all valuable. They're all worth reading. Um, Something that went along with the method, and and she kind of talked about that you know as she was coming up and in college there was uh, this kind of Chinese book of proverbs called the I Ching, 
And the idea behind the I Ching was you could open it, close your eyes, point to any page if you had a problem going on in your life, and open your eyes, read the passage, and it would be relevant to the issue you were going through and have sage words of advice. And uh, and she said, you know, that people had approached her and told her through the years that that training with Mo and and uh, specifically, and then of course. Uh, training tips your bird dog will love kind of acted in that same way for them. And I can attest to that. Uh, Training with Mo is a book that when I go out in the field and I get frustrated, I can kind of come back and open and whether I've landed on something that's going to directly deal with uh, the problem I'm having in with my day as a dog trainer, especially a a professional trainer of pointing dogs, I'm going to come, I'm going to open this book up and it's going to put my mind at ease. It's going to offer me clarity. And I think there's a ton of value in that regard to this book. It, it helps me. I have a, a, a oftentimes a scattered mind. I approach, I, I approach, especially training very intuitively. And, and sometimes that's, it's the best thing in the world for me. And it helps me. I, th- I think it's something that's, I would consider a gift at, at the risk of sounding, um, a little egotistical or narcissistic there, but uh, I, I I think it's without that intuition, I don't think I would be the trainer I am, but sometimes I feel as if I can get lost in my own thoughts and, and coming back and opening this book and just reading wherever I land kind of puts me back in order, if that makes sense. So I, I completely understand what she meant by uh, making drawing that comparison between the I Ching and this book. Uh, especially if we're bird dog trainers out there. And in that same, along that same vein, there there's a legend of a gentleman that kind of was an influence on Bill West. Um, and there's not a whole lot of information about this, uh, but apparently there was a gentleman at the time in California by the name of Mr. Wong. Um, and, uh, and this was, and he taught Bill West this method. Uh, there's no... F- formal, uh, history attached to this. Um, but it does, uh, he was known colloquially by Mr. West as the Chinaman, uh, obviously not politically correct today, but historically relevant. Um, but the, the thing that is most interesting about that is that there is a sense that this method may be guided by Eastern values and ways of thinking, as opposed to other methods out there that are definitely more Western in uh, in their approach to to bird dogs, right? And so, this is a, if, I mean, at, at the risk of getting a little weird, kind of mystical. And you can sit back and if you just quiet your mind and do the dance, um, there's an energy to this method that I think is very valuable, and I think you get a lot from. And so, uh, I I find that refreshing to think about. And, and it helps me, uh, you know, kind of valid, you know, understand that, Hey, even though I'm somebody that champions principles over methods, this is much less about a step-by-step process and much more about a way of thinking and approaching the training of bird dogs. If that makes sense, hopefully. Um, again, the, the, the tenants that go along with this are allowing the, the bird to teach the dog and, along with those kind of Eastern ways of thinking and the values that, that drive this method, it, it, it really jives with what we spoke about in our last podcast, which are reward based ways of thinking. So 
if I think of, if I want to break this down and get back to, to behavioral principles, the bird is the primary reinforcer. It's, it's a reinforcer among reinforcers. It's the only thing to our bird dogs that truly matters at the end of the day. And in this method, we control the environment and we, in some time, some ways we control through the launcher, the, uh, the reinforcer, the primary reinforcer out there. And, and just through conditioning over the course of time, we show, uh, the dog, how we want them to interact in a way that hopefully it's their idea. And, um, and I think that falls really well in line with, with reward-based training systems. So, um, it's not, it doesn't completely jive. It's not perfect. Um, but it, it definitely has that same feel, uh, if that makes sense to everybody. So that was, you know, that's my thoughts on, on the method, uh, that is my experience with Mo. And of course, this conversation I had with Martha that has really helped me kind of, uh, uh, put my own thoughts about the method in order. And really all that's left is to talk about the book and what it is, um, and, and give it a, a real review and a breakdown. So, you know, when thinking of a book review, I want to, I'm just going to tell you about what it is. Uh, Training with Mo is a how-to book for those wishing to practice the West method. It's a how-to book. Um, I thought, uh, it, it did a good job of being a how-to book. Uh, the, the first, so if we look at the way it's, the way it's broken down, it's broken down into three parts. There are, uh, several chapters. There are actually seven total chapters, but really three parts to the book. The first part is early training. And the second part are, is formal training. And if you look at the method, those are really the two kind of, uh, two parts to the method. So the first three parts of the book are the only three parts of the book. The first two of those uh, or early training and formal training. So that's a basic description of the method. And then the third part is training advice. And, um, you know, there's not much to say other than it's an effective breakdown of the method and the training advice part to the book is, is a bonus. Um, it's an, so there's an itemized list of common problems, like the big ones and, uh, and there's potential solutions. There's real contingencies. And so I thought that was really cool. Like not only do they give you a complete how-to um, to perform the method from square one, uh, which I've always kind of had a problem with because I think it doesn't – certain times, you you know, when you read a how-to book on things, it doesn't allow for creativity. Uh, the This whole method – allows for creativity. There are times where I think it's important to read this book, go through every step and, and do it the way it's described and, and then come back to it and understand that it's, it's built to be made stylistically yours. Um, and it, that reminds me, I have a favorite quote by, it's a Picasso quote where he says, learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. And I think that's very, very uh, relevant to this book. So, you know, even Mo in, in the book, there's a disclaimer on the book that this is Mo's way of doing the West method. This is not the way Bill West did the method. Um, 
but it's it's one of the things is it's relevant to us in modern in the modern era with the modern equipment, but also Mo lives in the southeast like I do, and we have limitations that maybe were not in effect in in the west. You know, Mister West was in Arizona, so um, so I tend to practice it a little more like like Mo does, but at the same time. Um, I have diverged a lot from this in ways that things that make more sense to me or that flow easier for me stylistically. Uh, I do plan to go back and I'm working with my dog, my, my young Jip Reggie right now. Uh, and, and kind of after going through this process of doing this book review, I plan to, um, to really follow the book more closely with her. It's something I haven't done in a few dogs and I want to get back to just going through the steps and, and maybe tightening it back up a little bit and then seeing where I, where I land today as I've done, I've trained dozens of dogs as using this book as an outline, um, in the past six or so years. So it, it'll be interesting for me to kind of go back and just try to, to really do it by the book, um, for a back black of a better term, um, this time around with Reggie. And so I'll kind of let you guys know how that's going. Um, but yeah, so, so the first two parts, again, that's it. It's telling you what to do. The third is the training advice. Uh, the problem solving. I mean, the problem solving goes down a list. It goes blinking birds, bumping birds, chasing dicky birds, or, you know, songbirds, um, circling, deer chasing, delayed chase, dropping on point, flagging, gun shyness, pointing bugs, retraining an older dog. That's a big one in and of itself. And retrieving naturally. Uh, I mean, it doesn't, I can't, I mean, that's that is the problems. If I if if I see things in dogs that I've got to deal with, blinking birds is at the top of the list. Bumping birds. I mean, that's what everybody's sending their dog for me to me in the first place for is they're tired of their dog knocking birds, um, chasing songbirds. Uh, you know, it's whatever. Circling, circling's a big one. That's one that I've you know got I got me pretty good early in my career uh, with one dog in particular. But yeah, I mean these are these are are the common issues that we all face in training bird dogs and they are addressed and they're addressed very thoroughly in the book. So certainly don't leave that out, go through that and you'll learn something by looking at that. And then in that third part in chapter seven, there's three tales. So they actually, at the end, they give three case studies of particular dogs and, uh, and do a very good job of explaining how the me- how each dog had its own individual issues and how the, the method was used to, uh, to approach each of those dogs. And so, um, it, it's, it's not only a how to book, but it gives you, it gives you practical, a practical study at the end to kind of see the bigger picture, uh, there's no doubt like it's a very it's well written martha is a quality author she she this this is a craft that she doesn't take lightly it's professionally done it's grammatically correct all the way around but it's an easy read it's concisely written and that's something that she told me that when she talked to mo about doing this in the first place that mo said was very important to him that if he was going to write um a if he was going to write a uh, how-to book that one of his early, his early mentor, a man named Paul Long, told him that if there was a how-to book out there over 100 pages uh, if, that, that the author 
didn't understand the material well enough. And so it was very important to them if they were going to do this book to keep it under 100 pages. And it's super helpful that it is. They managed to not only give you the method, but give you the case studies and give you the problem solving and give you all these notes from Mo along the way. So there, there's extra information, but there's no fluff, if that makes sense. It's very, very straightforward, to the point, and concise. It's very effective. I truly believe, and I don't, I, I don't, I take this really seriously. I don't, I mean, I don't want to, I will never disparage another method to make this one seem more relevant. Because again, we know how I feel about methods in the first place and how the, why this one speaks to me. Um, I can't think of another book I would just give somebody, give to somebody and say, look, if you do this, the way it's written in this book, you're safe. Odds are you're going to make a nice dog and you're not going to mess it up. And I believe that I, do, I would not, and I would not recommend this book if I did not believe that if people truly did what it said, took their time, read it and did it step by step, they're going to get, I think they're going to get what they want. And, and so this is the only book I'll, I, I've ever recommended in that way, you know, regardless of the, uh, of the subject matter. So I do believe it's effective. I, uh, and, and I think it accomplishes, accomplishes its, its objective. It does what it set out to do, which is tell you how to perform, how to practice the West method. But not only that, it tells you what the West method is. It, it, you, it, there's constant reminders that you need to be in present and engaged and calm and gentle. And that's at the end of the day, that's what this is about. And so, um, I, I highly recommend the book. I recommend it. I, I keep dozens of copies on hand. If you bring your dog to me and you do a board and train with me and you show any interest whatsoever in working with your own dog, there's a very high probability that I'm going to hand you a copy of this book. And if I don't, and you find yourself in that situation, ask me for it. I, I'm hat, I keep them on hand and I give them to people. I don't want them to carry a price tag. I'm happy to pay for your copy of this book. If you're training with me, because it's going to give you insight in, to our, my relationship with your dog and, and our relationship, you and the one you and I share as owner and trainer. So, um, that's, that's it. I hope that you guys will go out and, and read this book. I hope that it's as informative and profound in your journey as a dog trainer and handler as it has been in mine. And even if it's something you choose not to use, I believe in my heart of hearts that you're going to get something out of it. So um, thanks for listening up. Uh, I appreciate you guys being here with us again. Emily, I know there wasn't a whole lot for you there in that one, but thank you for being here with me. And, uh, and we look forward to uh, moving into the fall of the year and maybe chasing a few birds. Is there anything in closing you'd like to add to this? I just that if anyone has any feedback or any questions, they can always reach out. Good. Yeah, please. And guys, uh, I wasn't sure about doing this. I'm still not sure how it, how it came out. If you'd, I'd, I'd certainly appreciate your honest feedback. You know, hit me up. Let me know how it goes. Leave a review. It's fine. Or whatever you want to do. As always, um, I am sponsored by <laughs> Lost Highway Kennels and Short Hairs and Shotguns. Um, those are my only sponsors. And Cup Gum. <laughs> and Cup Gum. 
I need cup gum since I quit dipping. I chew loads and loads of Mentos gum. Um, so yeah, I guess those, they could be considered a sponsor. But I, I do, you know, at some point moving forward, I'm going to talk about things I use and that I like. And so we talked about some of that equipment. Um, I can get a little more specific next time, you know, so at some point we'll talk about the West method and where I get my gear. Um, most of it I'm having made what I use for an e-collar, all that stuff. You know, if you have questions about that stuff, I'm happy to share it with you, but nobody pays me to, to use any of their equipment. And I hope, and I, you know, knock on wood, man. I mean, you never know what kind of financial situation you're going to find yourself in. And I'm not, uh, not one to turn down money, but, I don't plan on ever being, you know, I don't plan on being paid to use people's gear. I want to use what's effective and I think it'll pay me better in the long run to do that. And so, um, so again, just reiterating that thing we talk about very often, uh, Again, thanks for being with us. Uh, definitely tune in. You know, check out my website. There's, there are things coming up. I'm looking at possibly, uh, certainly going to be offering more group lessons moving into the fall of the year. We'll continue to do some one on ones, um, but I think uh, I think there's room for you know for a kind of community type work around here, and I think uh, it would benefit us in a big way. So something I'm looking just just looking to explore moving forward. If you're interested in that, check it out. Going to definitely try to build something like that online as well. So uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for being here. Hey listeners, Nick Larson here, host of the Bird Shop Podcast. As fans of this show, you may be interested in the conversations on the Bird Shop Podcast, where we discuss all things upland hunting, from upland birds and their habitat and conservation, to the shotguns, bird dogs, and gear used to pursue them. Whether you're a seasoned upland hunter or just getting started and wanting to learn more, I interview a wide range of guests, each with their own unique perspective and valuable experience to share. If you're on the hunt for more upland hunting conversation, please consider subscribing to the Bird Shop Podcast today. Thank you.